This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Daniel Henderson. Was I supposed to do it like a robot too? No. I was like, please, <laughs> please ignore me if possible. Never. What is, what is up? What is up? I don't know, dude. I, okay. I hope this is at all interesting. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm in my head so much that I'm like, if I share this information with people, will they think it's interesting? Will my friend Danielle Henderson think it's interesting? <laughs> but, um, you know, I will. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> I discovered a, uh, a a musical artist recently. Ooh, at this late stage of life? Okay. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> because as people might know, may not know, I mean, I used to work in college radio. I was a huge music person for a long time. Like I worked in record stores and I was like a record store dude, you know? Um, and I pretty much like when I, when I can easily mark the period the, almost to the year of when I stopped listening to new music, like completely, right. like I just stopped having any knowledge of anything new. And yep. it was, 2002 and it was when i graduated from college and i wasn't allowed to work at the radio station anymore <laughs> so like you gotta go they're packing yes. your shit for you <laughs> yes like they were like we we you're not allowed to come back and do a show after <laughs> like get out so i but pr prior to this to, prior to the graduation i was legit i mean i was a music director which required you to listen to so many fucking bands so many like we every week we had to like submit our charts to mm -hmm. cmj or like the reporting services i was going i was getting free tickets out the ass so i was going to like multiple concerts in the same night Man. and when i was like at the radio station was like when well early on when i when i first started becoming a music director i was like the bands were Death Cab for Cutie mm -hmm. and um, the Dismemberment Plan and Built a Spill and and then of course you have stuff like Pavement and all those other bands that have been around forever. But like at that time it was like that was kind of what was new, like brand yeah. new. And then by the time I left, of course it was the Strokes and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and like LCD Sound System, which I don't. Uh, that was like right as I was leaving. I missed that whole train. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was all that New York stuff, that meet me in the bathroom yep. stuff, right? So that is truly the last time that I was like, oh, I'm going to 
pay attention to what's coming out because I was just in the world where it was part of my job to pay attention. So like yeah. when I didn't have to, uh, I completely fell off. Like I was like, I mean, I DJed for maybe about a year or two after I graduated and you know, there was a couple of things I remember from my DJ days, but like, yeah, honestly, in the past, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, I just haven't really been paying attention, like at all. Yeah. That makes sense. I haven't really either. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's kind of shocking only for me, only because I was just such a music person. And then it just, I went in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. And then what ended up happening, and really, this is, I mean, this explains a lot about the fact that I work at a classic movie network and all that stuff. I just like old shit. Yeah. Like, and well, I think that's, it, that's what happens. It's like I, I stopped consuming a ton of new shit because I started getting really interested in like who were the influences for these bands I liked and kind of going a little retrograde, a little backwards on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have always found it more interesting to go backwards than forwards. I just always have. Like, I'm like, oh, I'd rather like go and discover a band that I'd never heard of from like the 50s yeah. or something versus finding out like who's the new you know, person on the scene or whatever. And so, yeah, at this point, like, unless I'm listening to rap mm-hmm. and I don't even really know a ton about new, new rap. I only know kind of like rap from like five or six years ago. I just don't know anything. And so it was this moment where I was, huh, I was watching a TV show. Okay. I was going to ask, cause that is how I, the only way I find new music nowadays is I'm like, what's this song? Like an actual ancient person. Or I'm yes. like, oh, what's this song in this scene? And then I'll like fucking SoundCloud it or whatever. Yeah. It's exact. I shaz- shazammed it. Shazam. Shazam yeah. it. And I mean, understand that I, we come from a generation where A, if, you, if your song was on a TV show, it was sus. Yep. But then to find out about it from a TV show means you are sus. <laughs> like, you're a sus person. And so I did the thing where I was watching this TV show. There was like a scene with like, you know, this song. And I was like, Shazam, Shazam. I got to pull out my app to find out what the song is. And then I, I truly thought it was Stevie Wonder that it was a guy singing. <laughs> he sounded like Stevie Wonder. And I'm like, is this a Stevie Wonder song that I've never heard before? This is so weird. And then as it turns out, it's a fucking 45-year-old white guy from Oklahoma. What? (laughs) James Blake? No, James Blake is from England. (laughs) Every time I hear James Blake, I'm like, is that a black guy? No, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, see, I I don't even think I know. I know who James Blake is because our friend Shalewa Sharp is obsessed with him. (laughs) Um, He's like redhead. Is he a redhead? I think he's br- brown hair, but he's like British. Okay, yes. That's like he right. sounds like a soulful Southern, you know, American, but he's like a British 20 year old. Yes. See, that gets me a lot. Like, I'm always like, oh, is this uh, Fats Waller? No, it's uh, <laughs> it is a 17 year old guy from Dublin or whatever. And you're like, oh, oh my God. God. But so anyway, to. To this person's credit, he sounded just like Stevie Wonder on the song that I heard. And I then went to Spotify to do my research on my new my new favorite song. And it was this guy named J.D. McPherson. Never heard of him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shocker. I didn't know, I, you have or no? You have. No, I've never heard of yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I've never heard of him either. Okay. And I'm like, who is this bright young thing? Like, no, the guy is 45. So he's our age, which immediately was like, that's awesome. Like, I, I don't know why I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he like, he kicked aside his crutches, like fucking Bob Cratchit <laughs> and made some music. You're like, good for him. <laughs> I was like, wow, they let somebody older than 23 make an album and 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 made it listenable. Um, so then then I just was like, you know, going down the list of the Spotify albums that he had on there, and they're fucking awesome. Like they're nice. all very authentically like uh rockabilly and soul sounding. Like it's really? very very authentic sounding to the point where I was like, wow, like, how do they do this? I am so stupid. I don't know how anything works anymore. And he has a lot of albums, not just one. Okay, this is the thing that fucking really threw me. He's been around for like decades. What? <laughs> I know. And his one of his albums was out in 2011. So that was t- over 10 years ago. And I'm like, literally, where the fuck have I been? <laughs> To, like, have not even heard his name, like, not even scroll yes. through his name on a website or something. No, and I truly, I felt so bad about myself. I was like, I don't know what happened to me because I can't believe that I'm just discovering some artist who is my age and he's been around for at least 10 years. And I'm like, sitting there going, like, what happened to my life? What fucking happened to my life? <laughs> Well, here's here's where I say be a little bit easy on yourself, because I've had this conversation with myself, too. It was really easy. It's very easy to be into music and kind of make it your whole world when you're younger, because that is it takes a lot of energy and time that we no longer have because we have full time jobs like that is, you know, coming home from school and like putting on a new record or trading records with friends or whatever. Like all of that goes away. Like, I can't even tell you the last time I asked a friend, like, send me a link to your new favorite song or what are you listening to nowadays? Like when I was younger, it happened all the time. Like you'd be driving around with friends and be like, what are we listening to? It doesn't happen anymore. We're all in our cars alone. We're not trading music. We are, and we have full time jobs. Like all the effort and energy I used to put into finding new music and movies. It's just shifted. And it's not like I don't still have hobbies. I just don't have that much time. You know what I, you know what I think happens too is I re- I remember this when I when I was growing up when my parents made the transition from music to talk radio mhm like they stopped listening to albums and the you know mu- like radio like you know the local yep. radio stations who were playing the new jams and they just started listening to talk radio and it was like in the 40s i remember when they were in their 40s and i was like why does my dad listen to like fucking bullshit npr talk radio stuff why why is don imus on this car radio <laughs> why is fucking rush limbaugh or uh 1010 <laughs> wins yeah, what's that? Yeah. Or like the other guy, Neil Bortz. Do you remember? Maybe that was a Southern thing, but this is like no. a guy, Neil Neil Bortz, who was also like a fucking weird libertarian guy. He was like on the talk radio stations and everything. So, But, but it was that thing where I was like, oh, my parents now just listen to people talking. So yep. there's this moment where I think, 
Well, okay, so now that I'm that age, am I just listening to podcasts and I'm not listening to music yeah. anymore? That's a big part of it for me. Because yeah. now we're at a point in our life where I'm like, I need information and I need to be soothed. And music won't always do that for me. Like new music doesn't always do that for me. Like sometimes I just need the comfort of knowing what's going to be coming into my ear holes. Yeah. That's gross, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no. And it's it's like, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just feels like such a monumental task to discover new music at this point because there's no, it's just been so decentralized, right? Because it was yeah. like, I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but like, uh, you know, when I worked at Album 88, which is the college radio station that I worked at, in, you know, undergrad, I mean, that it was 100,000 watts. It was this really big, powerful college radio station. And it was like the place where you just went and listened to new bands. Like you just sat yeah. there and listened to it and then like, you know, wrote all the stuff down that you needed to go buy and do your research for. I mean, it was just such yep. a central place. And even shit like watching like 120 Minutes or like Alternative yeah. Nation on MTV, it was like a place where you could reliably go and be like, oh, here's like where all the cool stuff is happening. I mean... I feel like that shit has gone completely completely by the wayside. I mean, college radio doesn't even... There's so little college radio these days. They've all been bought out by fucking corporations and shit. And, Oof. you know, I mean, you've got, like, satellite radio, which I actually do listen to once in a while. But it's, like, it's been so commercialized. Like, it's it's iHeartMedia. It's the whole, like, machine of radio. Exactly. And, all, and then just, like, now, they don't fucking give people record deals <laughs> ever. Yeah. So people are on SoundCloud, people are on YouTube making music and you're just like, well, how the fuck am I going to find any of this? It's just too much. Exactly. I can't you know? navigate SoundCloud. Are you fucking insane? If I just go on there just to look, I don't know what I'm looking at or listening to. I need someone to send me a link directly and be like, listen to this. I'm like, great. Then I can be on this site. Yeah. And it, I mean, honestly, like maybe it is the thing where you do have to watch a TV show in order to find out about new music, because it's like, well, where the hell is all this stuff? There's so yeah. many things. There there aren't only a few places to find it. You know, all of the old resources like record stores and college radios dried up. So that's I, I completely agree. And I think don't don't take it on yourself too much that it's you, because I really do think that that is a big part of how how we discover music nowadays is so different and varied and spread out. Yeah, that it's difficult to find. So if I if I hear something on a TV show, I'm like, thank God somebody is playing a song that <laughs> they put in the effort. They know where to go yeah. to find the cool shit because I don't anymore. Well, and to be completely honest with you, like, so when I went down the rabbit hole of <laughs> figuring out who J.D. McPherson was, I feel bad. He won't be listening because this is a bonus episode and he's like, what? Um, I'm 45. I go off and do 45 year old things. I don't. <laughs> Uh, I don't pay attention to this. He's he's winterizing the the door frame or something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he so he he did a cover recently of this song that I love. It's uh, the song called "It's Raining" by Irma Thomas, and Irma Thomas is a soul singer from New Orleans. Fucking unbelievable! One of my favorite artists of all time. Such a a handshake person like if you like irma thomas we will be friends yep point blank period and so we covered her her song and it was the song that was in 
uh, Jim Jarmusch's Down by Law. I don't know oh, if man. you ever saw that movie. Yeah. The, it's playing during the part where Roberto Benigni is slow dancing with his <gasps> girlfriend. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, so he covered that, and he did it in this super fucking cool twin peaksy sounding kind of way. Like, uh, it sounds like that, the Pink Room, like the song nice. from, is it... Um, Firewalk with me or whatever. Like yeah. it just sounds like this spooky David Lynch meets Irma Thomas. And I was like, I want to be best friends with this guy. How does this Aww. happen? <laughs> like now I just gonna have to support his music and and it just was felt so like God, I'm such an old person. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm like, my new favorite band. I want to be friends with my new favorite band. I think it's exciting and it brings back that feeling of like, this is somebody who gets me and gets it and I'm excited and like, that's cool. Yeah. And plus it's it's kind of as, as shameful or depressing as it can be to be like, oh my God, this guy's been making music for a decade. Now you have like all those albums to go back through. Yeah. It's great. It's true. You're going to have new music to listen to for a while. That's exciting. Yeah, like, so there, that's my new discovery in the music world, and it really is the only thing that I've listened to. I mean, it's kind of strange how now we, you and I, watch so many movies for the podcast, and I watch so many movies for my full-time job, yeah. that I'm like, I'm just always in the movie world. Like, I'm just, yeah. and I really don't feel like, I mean, I barely have any bandwidth for much else honestly yeah it's sad i think it's okay i think it's just it's it's the circle of life it's the way life goes but i think it's i think it's okay because it it really was when i think about like wow like i spent so much energy into like finding new bands to express how i feel it's a it's also a, a i don't know i just feel like it's kind of nice to be in a place where I'm just using my time differently and I have more to do and I have more to focus on and I'm more comfortable with myself. So I'm not like I can express myself differently. I don't need a song to do it for me. And, you know, it's kind of kind of nice to be like, yeah, if I hear something new, great. If not, totally fine. Do you remember being at the age like when you were younger where you you knew somebody who didn't really know new music? Yes. And you were like, what the hell is wrong with them? Like, what are they like? They're like aliens. Yes. Well, I'm like, how did the, how do I know them? How do I know them? I remember at the time, like really, like during the whole Britpop era, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, Blur, Pulp, Oasis, fucking all these new, there's a new Britpop band every week. Yeah. I swear. And I just remember knowing this one guy that would hang out with us and he you know, he and he liked something like super fucking old. Like he was like, oh, like I love like Cab Calloway or something. You know, like something <laughs> like completely insane. Like it's like oh, you 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 don't fucking own different class by pulp. Like that's the album of the summer. Every fucking person I know owns oh that album. God. And we jam it on the regs, and he's just like no, I'm just really, I'm just into like Sarah Vaughn right now. And I'm like, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like he was just cracked open out of a time capsule. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm like, were you, were you underground? Like in that Brendan <laughs> Fraser movie? 
<laughs> and you came out and you were like, oh, I guess people listen to Britpop. I'm still listening to, you know, oh, like no. jazz standards or whatever. Ugh. Well, that's also part of it for me is that like I love classical music. So and I don't know a lot about it. So I'm just digging, digging in. And like if I have free time to listen to music, I'm going to find out more about fucking Bach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing is that now that's fucking cool as shit to me. Like, I'm like, oh, God, there was a guy at 22 years old that was into Sarah Vaughn yeah. in spite of everything. Like, everybody was being like, everybody was making fun of this guy and he was into Sarah Vaughn. What a cool dude. Totally. <laughs> oh, my God. I had a friend when we were in school, when I was in, in, in high school, and I had a friend who, like, her parents always listened to old records and... So she was like 13 and super into Billie Holiday and like yeah. all those old jazz jazz singers. And in the same way where she's like, I don't know anything new. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I'm only listening to Billie Holiday and fucking Harlem Renaissance era. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my parents' old records. And I'm like, I thought it was cool then. But now I'm like, she was above and beyond cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like truly unique, truly into her own thing. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for making me feel a little bit better about this because I was truly shocked. Like, I, I I felt like such an old person that, you know, found <laughs> my one band that I really like. And then now I'm just like, I want to be friends with them. Do I go to their Instagram and follow their Instagram? Like, I'm God, it's so depressing. Yes. You follow their Instagram and then you see when they're on tour and then you go to a concert and yes. that's how it happens. That's that feeling of like, I wanted them to be, to know me because they, they already know me through their music. Well, I, I pretty much don't follow. I try not to follow famous people on Instagram because I feel yeah. like it's just a one way ticket to Disappointmentville and cancel town. Like it just is. But I f I'm following this guy now. And I'm Yay. like, he made it. He's the one man that I follow. I think it's even cooler that it's that it's selective. But yeah, get into him. Don't feel old. This is like, it's hard to find anything new now. New TV show. Do you know how many fucking TV shows there are right now? Dude, it's too much. It's like so much is out there. So much music, so much TV. And on the one hand, you're like, this is great. People have opportunities to put their stuff out all over the place. But it requires so much more attention and energy than we ever had to give this shit before. I know. I know. Because like I said, it, it feels like there's been a decentralization of media. Yep. So now it's just scattered everywhere. And there's so many places to access content and blah, 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 blah. The fact that we're calling it content now is insane. Yeah. So it's just too much. It's like too much, too much stuff out there to keep up with. And... At this point, really, for me, it's going like I, I'm mostly I'm mostly paying attention, or I pay attention to the most to movies, then yeah. TV, then music. Agree, same, you same, know? same. And it's <sighs> I think just revel in the fact that you found someone new. It might not happen again for another ten years. So <laughs> <laughs> just be thrilled that you have all these albums to dig back through, and I'm going to listen too. That's great. Yeah, and ironically, he sounds old. <laughs> he sounds ah! like he sounds like fuck. I mean, there, he made an entire like jump blues ish album, and I'm like, okay, so I discovered a new artist who sounds like he made music in the 1940s. Okay, 
Like, I guess that's my thing. I mean, the, the perfect mix. It's the perfect mix for you. A hundred percent. My hundred percent my shit. Okay. Speaking of my shit. Yes. We have a mailbag. Obviously, it's a bonus. Oh, boy. And I just have to say, this email that we got, I want to read it. I'm just going to say it. Can I read it? It is. Of course. It is dialing, dialing your number directly. This email has read me for filth. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with it. Oh, my God. I mean, this is a thought experiment from fucking heaven, honestly. <laughs> and and, I, and you're like, I mean, I could take a crack at it, but honestly, I want you. Uh, it is all you. The stage is yours. No, you um, got to answer, too. Oh, okay. I'll answer. Um, but <laughs> I, it is. We're going to. I'm just going to read it. How about that? Um, Go for it. This is an email from Jessica. She uses she, her pronouns. It's called FMK ISWID Classics. Hi, ISWID crew. I love your podcast. I can't stop listening to my favorite episodes on repeat. I even introduced your podcast to my family on a road trip this summer, and they loved it too. Anyway, on to the fuck, Mary kill we've all been waiting for. Can't wait to hear your answers in a bonus episode someday, hopefully. Obviously, these are based on things Danielle has said in the past, all the best to you as we approach the holiday season. Much love, Jessica. Are you ready for this epic FMK? Danielle. I'm fucking ready. Okay. From Jessica. The FMK is this. Fuck, Mary kill. Gregory Peck's destroyed dick. Kevin Klein's ruined life. And Robert Mitchum's butthole eyes. When I read this, I could not stop laughing for about 20 minutes. <laughs> could not stop laughing. Immediately sent it to you and Casey in the, in the Slack. Yeah. I am embarrassed. I mean, to have this be my legacy <laughs> is something else. <laughs> <laughs> and that these are considered classics <laughs> is a whole other level. <laughs> But I, I did indeed say it, so I'll I'll own it. I laughed very hard when I got we saw this too. I have to know. I mean, I want you to talk it out. I want you to, you know. Oh, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I am going to have to because, show your wow. work. Show your also, work. Also, Jessica very hilariously included the little trademark symbol after <laughs> after all of these, <laughs> which kills me. Oh boy. Okay, let's get into it. Okay. I am going to fuck Kevin Klein's ruined life for this simple reason. <laughs> if I am part of ruining a decades-long solid marriage with a wonderful woman and <laughs> you have children, I cannot hang around for the fallout. Oh sure. Sure. I gotta fucking run. Yeah. Makes sense. So I'm just going to fuck Kevin Klein's ruined life and get the hell out of there. I don't want to be part of any kind of, you know, I don't want to get messages from Phoebe Cates. I don't want to get, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get the hell out of there. I am going to marry Gregory Peck's destroyed dick. 
Because if I put the hurting on that dude that I would have wanted to, I would have no choice but to care for him afterwards. <laughs> the least I could do would be like cook him a meal, yeah. pay a bill. Like I'll pay the electricity bill. Don't worry about it. You just recuperate. So I'm going to marry Gregory Peck's destroyed dick. Wow. And you know I'm killing Robert Mitchum's butthole eye. <laughs> I saw that coming from a fucking million miles away. <laughs> that dude was a creep. He played creep. He's a creep lifetime achievement award. He played creepy fucking roles all the time. <laughs> I cannot look at that face in any kind of sexual or marital situation. Wow. Wow. This is, uh, the, I don't even know what to say. I'm completely speechless because this was like, <laughs> this, was, this was so specific to you and to now have to do an FMK yeah. on your classics is so amazing. Like, I'm just like, yeah, you're going to have to sit there and show your work, process all this information. And it came out kind of, I kind of expected it. To be honest, yeah. definitely the butthole eyes for sure. <laughs> Those butthole eyes got to go. Yeah, yeah. I can't spend a lifetime with those in any, or even five minutes with those. And I might, I might lose. I might lose in trying to kill Robert Mitchum's butthole eyes. <laughs> but I'm gonna try it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now I truly don't know where you land on this scale, <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I might have to rock you, girl. Um, you do like to throw a curveball. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, listen, this is right off the rip. I'm. This is gut instinct. Going on gut. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Robert Mitchum's butthole eyes. I just am. What? I know. <laughs> what? I, look, Robert Mitchum knows how to fucking party. Like, he... <laughs> He's fucking getting you high. You're going to have a great night listening to Calypso music. I am scandalized. <laughs> You're fucking those butthole eyes. <laughs> I'm just saying, for a good time, call butthole eyes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. N not not a life partner, obviously. I just think he's he'd be fun. He'd be a fun, 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 fucking night. So uh, that's the F for sure. Now I'm gonna oh my marry. God. I'm gonna marry. You ready? I'm gonna marry Kevin Klein's ruined life. What? I am. I see a long term potential. <laughs> Look, the pr the proof is in the pudding. Proof is, and also, isn't Phoebe Cates like half Filipino or something? Yeah. Can we get can we get a researcher to figure this out? I feel like she's no, she is. I I believe so. She you're is. Like, you're thinking of like a, a just a swap, like you just show up and he'll be like, "Yep, you're Phoebe." <laughs> right. I mean, I've, I'm like, well, maybe I got a shot because it's a little bit of what he already knows. To be honest. <laughs> He knows he's he's eating lumpia. He knows what's up. Exactly. He knows what the fuck is up. He's definitely raged on some Pinoc bet, if you know what I'm saying. But he, but here's the thing about Kevin Klein too. Like it wasn't like I honestly like what really sold me on Kevin Klein is it's just such a throwaway moment, but there's a on the on the DVD or the Blu-ray of the Big Chill uh, there's like 
some supplement where um, there's like a reunion and Kevin Klein is there. And, you know, this was from like 10 years ago. So obviously he's like much older and he's just hamming it up on stage. Like he, yeah. he gets announced from the backstage and he comes across the stage and it's like, you know, at, I don't know. It's like the New Yorker festival or something. It's like this very like esteemed place. And he comes out and he like, sits down and starts talking on his cell phone like he pulls his cell phone on and just like starts making phone calls and i just thought dude that's so fucking funny he's very funny yes and then for some reason it was in that moment that i was like i could live with this guy you're like i get it i could grow old with this guy if you know what i mean <laughs> so but that means you're killing gregory peck's destroyed dick look i i <laughs> i'm not thrilled to do it <laughs> But I also, I have seen Duel in the Sun, and he's such a he's such a dick in that movie. Even though he's kind of hot in that movie too, he's a wait dick a minute. In that. You're saying that Gregory Peck is a dick in one movie, and you're gonna fuck Robert Mitchum's butthole eyes, who is a creep in every fucking movie. I, look, I have my reasons, right? My. <laughs> Gregory Peck, I, I feel like he, he when he was young, when he was like in his young roles, hottie, definitely hottie. Gentlemen's Agreement, fucking Duel in the Sun, yes. Like we 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 stand a hot black haired high ass dude. But then something happened. It was it was around the fucking the damn Atticus Finch times where he just went mm. from like hot guy to like elder statesman. Yeah. He, he kind of became a saint or something. Like he just became yeah, too, um, too like reverent or something like that. So I just thought, you know what? Like I can't fuck that guy. He's going to have to be killed. I have to kill the elder statesman. <laughs> I cannot fuck or marry that nice man. <laughs> With morals and values. Kill. I have to fuck that creep over there who's been in a movie. Every mur movie he's in, he's like, I murdered a kid. I want to murder a kid. I'm trying to mur murder or rape your wife. I want to fuck that guy. <laughs> and get rid of this nice old man who's aging gracefully. I see it. I get you. Oh, we're pausing for a second. I need to go call my therapist again. <laughs> Everyone, every FMK I, I brings swear. a new level. <laughs> There's so much that is revealed about my shitty brain. Well, listen, I I appreciated that thought experiment. Like I said, Jessica, you knocked it out of the park. You couldn't have I mean, picked a better FMK for Danielle specifically. And, and clearly for you, we've learned a lot. <laughs> we have learned a lot holy shit that was a joy i will never stop laughing about that i want to get one of those shirts you know the shirts that have the names where it's like bob and trey and Teresa and this i'm gonna get one that's just like gregory Peck's destroyed dick and kevin klein's ruined life and robert mitchell's butthole eyes why are we pitching this to our our bosses right now come on <laughs> oh because we're already 10 steps ahead on legal like, we know they're going to be like, you cannot even put their names on merch, let alone what you, what vile shit you want to say about them. Well, I'm going to write it in Sharpie on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm going to make a bootleg shirt for you. <laughs> like, I'm outside of a concert trying to sell you something 
Like, I'll just make you that shirt and send it to your house. I would wear it every day of my life. Make three. I would wear it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, you killed it. Thank you so much for listening, making your family listen. (laughs) (laughs) I just adore that email. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, We got another one. Oh, okay. We got another one. It's it's a, it's a I'm going to tell you what it's about, but the the email is from Sarah who uses she her pronouns and the subject is appendectomy friends. Hi ladies. This email is going to be short and sweet and sent to you slightly loopy from the pain drugs I'm on. Mm. I had to have an emergency appendectomy last night, but you wonderful beautiful women have kept me company via old episodes of the pod all through the night both waiting to be seen in the ER and during recovery, to the point I had to borrow a phone charger from a nurse. I just want to say I appreciate your friendship, your laughter, and your soothing voices keeping me company in the night till I was able to get home to my cats. It also kept me going through the anxiety that this will fuck up my scheduled tubal ligation surgery at the beginning of November, but here's hoping no. I have no kids, I'm 29, and they still said yes. Yay, Canada, but also female reproductive rights are human rights. Bonus FMK that is probably fueled by morphine. Hospital food. Egg-based funeral food that's been sitting out all day. Boiled over cooked chicken with zero seasoning. Love you both. I think that was more ramble than I thought, but I'm blaming the drugs, Sarah. Sarah, I'm so glad that you are okay, um, that you could have your scheduled surgery, that you could make that choice, if it is a choice, um, and that you live in a place that allows you to be ill and get what the help you need and then recover. That is strangely not the case for a lot of <laughs> a lot of us in the countries we live in. Um, and that we kept you company at all is fantastic. And please thank that nurse for giving you her charger. That is important when you have an emergency appendectomy. You don't you don't expect to have your phone fully charged all day. You didn't know you were going to be doing that that night. So I'm just glad you're all right and that you that we were able to help help you in any way and keep you company. Thank you so much. Yeah. This touched me obviously very personally because I have been in hospitals before and I definitely know what you mean about wanting to not freak out about what's going on and wanting to listen to things that are comforting or watch things that are comforting, um, whatever it is. So I appreciate, I'm very touched that you, Turn to us in your moment of, you know, stress and uncertainty and pain and all that stuff. Thank, thank you. That means a lot to us. Now, let's get to this FMK. <laughs> because, oh, my God. Yeah, you got to go first. Okay. This is a good I love a morphine-fueled FMK. Okay. I, I might, I'm going to shock and awe, possibly. <laughs> I'm going to fuck egg-based funeral food that's been sitting out all day. Good Lord. Because I kind of love egg-based appetizers. Like, I fucking love deviled eggs. Um, I'm assuming that's what's happening uh, at this funeral. (laughs) And and salads. Lots of of egg salads. Egg-based salads. Yes. I love quiches. Like, little mini quiches. Mm -hmm. Um, Frittatas, if that that is being served at a funeral. This is a fancy-ass funeral. Yeah, I a huge fan of eggs, like kind of like kind of obsessed with eggs. To be honest, <laughs> it it doesn't like I I don't want to say I would fuck eggs if I had the shot, but I'm just saying that like my passion for eggs is extreme. 
So I would fuck that. I would fuck these egg-based foods. You're like, um, I don't want to say that I want to fuck eggs, but I want to fuck eggs. Yes, but I'd fuck <laughs> eggs if I could. Um, if eggs were, if eggs were a hottie walking down the street, um, <laughs> an egg with Kevin Klein's big chill legs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now I would marry hospital food, and I think simply because of that cookie that we've talked yeah. about at Cedar Sinai, mm-hmm. that fucking cookie. Like I'm on record as trying to get that cookie outside of being admitted. Yep. Um. And to be honest, and I don't know if it's because when I was in the hospital, I did not eat literally any food for about a week and a half. So when I got to eat food, I was like, this is delicious. Like, I must have been like, (laughs) I was like, yes, give me those juice boxes. Give me those fucking weird Italian ice things. Give me the fucking frittatas, the egg-based frittata things, the cookies. So I was like, this ain't bad, to be honest. So... (laughs) You're like, I've been denied food for so long. Yeah. This is all right. Yeah, this is not bad. And, and of course, you know, my, my experience in the hospital was at Cedars, which is a fancy fucking L.A. hospital. And like I said, maybe the food's a little bit better there. So I'd marry the hospital food, obviously. Um, and then I would fucking kill boiled chicken with no seasoning. Oh, my God. I can't think of anything worse. Now, this is truly... Truly shocking, considering that you have revealed to the pod that on your way to the gym sometimes you are just bare knuckling a grilled chicken breast. But you gotta put like salt and pepper bare mints, <laughs> if not onion and garlic powder, all that shit. I mean, shit. Like, no seasoning, no seasoning is so awful. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. And chicken in general is. Boiled, overcooked chicken. Like, have you ever made chicken salad at home? And, you know, usually, like, when I make chicken salad, I boil the, boil the chicken because it keeps it kind of juicy. Yeah. And then you shred it and do your thing with it. And yep. every once in a while, I'll just take a pinch and eat it. And it's like, I want to die. It's like, why Ugh. did I do that? Why oh. did I do that? And this is coming from someone who, when I was a kid, whenever my grandma or mom made meatloaf, they had the same green Tupperware bowl they used for fucking ever, like the size of a goddamn salt like flying saucer and they put the meat and the egg and all the stuff and i would constantly take little pinches of the raw meat and eat it because it tasted so delicious with all the spices in it but plain cooked chicken can go to hell i i truly believe that chicken is the blandest meat like yeah un, if you don't season it like i'll even eat a steak Without anything on it before I'd eat chicken without yeah. any seasoning. And it's there. Speaking of Shalewa, our friend Shalewa, she has a podcast called The War Report. And I remember there was an episode a long time ago where they were talking about, because um, her co host, I think, is Dominican or um, I think he's Dominican, but they were talking about having to go to white people's houses when they were kids <laughs> and, and the white people like prepared the chicken in these like really boring ways with like no adobo seasoning, no. <laughs> No jerk, no, none of that. And like they were like, be like, I can't go and eat this white people chicken <laughs> with no seasoning. Like, and it cracked me up because I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine chicken being unseasoned. And like, yeah, th- I know. Very quick I know. to kill. No, no question. I went to 
I went back to college when I was 30. So I did my study abroad semester when I was 32 and I went to the UK and it still counted as study abroad because hello, America. Yeah. Um, And I remember being rocked to my fucking core the first time I tried to eat at the cafeteria for the dorm I was in. And it was during Freshers Week and I'm like, I'll just go eat where everyone's eating. And I went and I saw they had barbecue chicken and I was like, oh, this will be tight. And I am not exaggerating one bit when I tell you I was looking at some incredibly boiled and then maybe fried chicken. Like they kind of seared the outside to get some crispiness on it Uh. with ketchup. (gasps) Oh, The sauce was straight ketchup and I almost started a war. I'm like, this is why y'all are always at war. (laughs) This is why in those early days, people were like, you cannot come for our spices. We know what you're going to do with them. That's why they were colonizers. They were like, we got nothing here. We're going to have to go invade all these other countries and figure out how they do it. Like, absolutely gross. I can't even. Oh, my God. Ketchup. No, fucking ketchup. And I was like, guess what? Not only am I moving out of this dorm and I'm like, you need to put me with some adults. And they put me in like the adult grad student apartment dorms. And I just made I ate on my own. I'm like, I will find my own fucking way. And I would go to the store. I had a little refrigerator. Like I and we had a little shared kitchen. Yeah. And one of my. um like apartment mates, like someone else who lived in the building was from Italy and he made risotto all the time. And we just like had good food all over the place that had no chicken covered in ketchup. I don't know how you do it. I think they just assume like everyone's going to be drunk. So nobody's going to be paying attention because they can drink at 18 there. Yeah. And it was a travesty. But I will say... My FMK looks very familiar to yours. I'm absolutely killing boiled overcooked chicken with no seasoning. (laughs) My girl. I can't handle it for a second. No way. And I'm going to marry. I'm going to. It's a little bit different. I'm going to fuck hospital food just because I have (laughs) had some good experiences with hospital food. But it's so situational that I can't marry it and just be in it for the long term without knowing like what hospital I'm in. But wow. I have a friend who lives locally um, and she she is the the cook for the hospital. Like she runs the kitchens for the hospitals in this area. And she's a fucking incredible cook. Like they eat better than I ever eat. Hell yeah. So I'm like that I could fuck with. Literally yeah. fuck. Like I will yeah. fuck that because I don't know if I'm going to marry some rural hospital with no seasoning. Oh God kind of jello-based delights. Oh, my God. (laughs) Delights. I can't do it. But that means I'm fucking marrying. Let me me make that clearer. I'm going to marry fucking egg-based funeral food that's been sitting out all day, which I know will give me the trots, but that's why I'm marrying it. Ah! Because if I have to live with that, you're going to have to clean up after me. Every E. coli laced bite, <laughs> you better be there with a bucket and a mop. <laughs> it's it's a whole different iteration of that <laughs> WAP song. Need a bucket and a mop. Yeah. Other end. Other fucking end of I'm eating some eggs that I'm sitting out in the sun, just waiting to ruin the bacteria in your body. 
Listen, there is something that I have figured out about you through the course of all these FMKs that we've done, <laughs> which is that you, the the marriage is all, you assume, you just assume that there's going to be some bullshit. With every marriage, every, <laughs> be it fucking, be it Freddy Krueger or whatever, <laughs> like whoever you've picked, you're like, there's going to be some bullshit, but here's how I'm going to play it. This guy works late at night and I don't have to be there when he's like, these I, eggs are going to give you the runs, but somebody's going to clean up for me. Listen, divorce has ruined me. Divorce is hard. <laughs> I've seen some things now and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about marriage in general. Yeah. So if I'm going to consider it, even in a joking way, I, I'm bringing reality to it every time. Yeah. People think marriage is like fucking Bridgerton, and it is not. <laughs> marriage is like, oh my God, you fucking peed down the side of the toilet like you're five years old. Why don't you clean that up? That's the kind of shit you now have to have conversation, not just a little talk, a whole conversation about. Yeah. That's yeah. how you spend your time. That's not. That's why you're not out here li- listening to new music, because you're fighting with <laughs> some dude in your house about how gross he is all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe don't stuff your fucking cookie wrappers in the couch like you're 20 years old you live with an adult now yeah put that shit in the garbage marriage will change you i've seen some shit i'm coming at the the m part of this game with like a, a war veterans memory yeah it's just interesting it's just very deeply interesting to me how you how you've <laughs> rationalized these ever since we started doing them and look sarah this i know you said it was the morphine but this was actually fucking dope <laughs> like yeah. this was a great a great fmk and um we hope you feel better absolutely please keep us posted and if this is you on morphine feel free to send us any fmk when you're lucid because that is hilarious yeah that was like truly psychedelic i have to say <laughs> do we have time for one more or what do you think i think so Mm. Um, oh, this is just in time for Halloween. Um, it's a Halloween double feature question from KT with they, them pronouns. So KT writes, Hello, Millie and Danielle. I have a question for y'all. This Halloween season, I was wanting to choose some double features for my friends and I to watch. I was having such a hard time choosing movies that complemented each other. A double feature is sometimes a lot to ask from people, and I want to keep them engaged, but not exhausted, especially since the movies are going to be mostly on the scary-slash-intense side. My question is, when picking double features, do you lean towards thematic as in they're both monster movies or both paranormal movies and program two potentially really intense movies, or do you program two movies with somewhat different moods to create more of a balance and not overwhelm the viewer? I know I'm overthinking this, but I would love to hear how you might choose a pair of films that are scarier. Do you consider who is coming? Do you just stay true to your desires of what you want to get from the films and hope everyone is on board when they choose to come? I am so grateful to listen to your podcast and hear two people talk about movies the way I think about movies. I love your take on movies and the questions that come up for y'all. Your bonus episodes have been hitting hard lately in a good way as your discussions about social media and also gray goo are things I think about (laughs) on a regular basis. So thank you for making me feel seen and for filling me with joy and laughter with care. K T. 
Oh, KT, great questions in here. They are really asking some great questions. And it helps me, instead of giving you like, oh, here are some movies you could use, which I I still will do. um, I like the way that you're thinking about how to put together a double feature. But I think a lot of it depends on who the audience is. So if these are all friends, all people you know, all people you have like an established relationship with, I say you can go book. You can be like, here's what I want to watch for these two. And I know we're going to have a good time because, you know, y'all are as crazy as I am or you guys are just like way into this stuff. Um, Or I know I can rock your world. So if, if it's a good group of friends, I say go with what you want and then have fun talking about it after. If it's a mixed crowd, you're right. That is kind of hard to like, you know, if you have people bringing their partners or like you're doing this in like a a more wide reaching way, like a bigger party. I would say to balance it with a lighter movie and a classic. So for example, you could do a like an Attack the Block, which is not necessarily a Halloween movie, but it's a scarier film, but it's actually very funny and kind of up to date and kind of just more slice of life. Um, and then I would balance it with like like a Creature from the Black Lagoon or a movie that people have heard of but haven't really seen before. Because um, a lot of people have heard of the classics, but they haven't actually seen the classics. So I think you can kind of get a good mix if you're just thinking like funny and light and a little bit more of like, oh, I always heard about this, but I never saw it. Now I understand that part that people reference. So that's my 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 gut instinct for this. Yeah, I mean... Honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to turn off my like programmer brain a little bit because <laughs> if you're amongst friends, I agree it's a different ball game, right? Because what we do is for we just kind of do our own thing, and when we pick themes, it's usually based on a joke. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you know, a joke or just something we really want to interrogate, like a concept. Or something, and then we find the movies, you know, that fit that or whatever. Um, and I've done it all kinds of ways all throughout my career. But um, I think when you're amongst friends, and I think with horror too, if you don't want to like really like really freak people out or something, I don't know. Go by actor, go by director. That's yeah. just a real easy way to do a double feature. Like you could even do something like if you did somebody like Brian De Palma, you could do Carrie, but then do maybe I don't know Phantom of the Paradise. That's not I mean, it's yeah. kind of, you know, something. It's it's a musical, but it's also, like, weird. and um, Or you could do, like, Blowout or something. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. you could pick, like, especially directors that have made a lot of films. Like, you could pick something that's scarier and less scary. Um, or do, like, an actor. Do, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I, was, I don't know why I was thinking Harry Connick Jr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe we have him on the brain or something. Well, um, Little Man Tate is terrifying if you look at it from the little kid's perspective. Right. Well, you can do... So I would do Little Man Tate, which is now a horror movie because Daniel just said it, and Copycat, which is an actual horror movie or a thriller. And it's scary and, and weird as fuck. And Harry Connick Jr. goes dark. So, <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, I don't know. You know, like, I think it's... um. That, that would just be really easy, especially amongst friends, because, yeah. you know, you don't really want to piss off your friends, right? <laughs> and, and I think it, it, if it, I agree. And I think if it is a group of friends or someone, a group of people that you at least feel comfortable with, 
then I think they can ask, or I would wonder if, KT, if you feel comfortable asking before the party, like, hey, I'm going to pick some double, I'm, we're doing a double feature on a scale of like one to five. How much do you enjoy gore or blood or do you have any kind of like passing out illness when you see teeth coming out of a head or something like that? Like you can just ask, you know, hey, what's your level of like, what's your comfort level? And kind of pick to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I'll tell you right now, I have friends that are like really into Google surveys. Like they'll send a <laughs> Google survey for any fucking thing. They're like, hey, can you weigh, on, weigh in on this Google survey real quick? Like, I'm having dinner. We're having some folks over for dinner. I'm like, damn, you created a fucking survey just to figure <laughs> figure shit out amongst your friends. Shit works. It's a good way to keep things it organized. <laughs> so, Also, if you're going to send me a survey about dinner, you better be inviting me to that dinner. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm just not going to just help you have a great party that I'm not a part of. Question one. Say I had a party. <laughs> and you were out of town or busy. <laughs> what would you want to eat? <laughs> I'm scheduling a party. Let's just say, for example, for example, I'm scheduling a party when I know you won't be here. <laughs> yeah, get on that Google survey and be like, you know, and give movie examples. Be like, hey, which of these do you find the scariest? Uh, the great pump. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, audition. Or, like, hereditary. (laughs) (laughs) Like, send out that survey and get, just get it. You you don't have to let them pick the movies, but just so that you can get a feel, KT, for, like, what they, what they might want to watch. Exactly, exactly. It's a, you know, asking is, is is a good move if you're unsure. So, but honestly, thanks for that, KT. Really great question. Um. We got good questions this week. Thanks to everybody yeah. that wrote in. If you want to write into us, um, we're at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on our social media at I saw pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, yes, and send yes. Us, send us those questions. We've got, we still have a P.O. box. You can mail stuff in if you go to the Instagram account. Um, the P.O. box is in our link tree. Mm-hmm. And these questions have been great. We've been getting great questions for a while. And yeah. I think that. It's been helping us also um, because you never know when we're going to pick one of your questions for a guest. Oh, I know. And it's like we've been doing that quite a bit lately. Popping over to the main feed, baby. Send them on in. Oh, I love this. This makes me laugh so hard. Thank you so much for listening to us. But Millie, thank you for doing this with me. This is great. Always a fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you, girl. See y'all later. Is that that the new J.D. McPherson track? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. It's, listen, J.D., call me. Collaboration. (laughs) Well, let's do it. Let's do a a tour, a fall tour. Come on, babe. Collaboration or lifelong friendship, whatever you prefer. (laughs) I I actually prefer the friendship. I'm a terrible singer, so... Well, until next time, y'all, thank you so much for subscribing to Wondery Plus and listening to us on our bonuses. We love you. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and mixed by Casey O'Brien. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogle. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. 
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at I Saw Pod. And you can email us at I Saw What You Did Pod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.